What's up, everybody? Are you in the market for a new steel mace? Look no further than Adex Maces and Clubs. Go to adexclub.com, place your order, and have them delivered right to your house. Adjustable steel mace made right here in the United States. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. It's the Steel Mace Nation podcast. I'm Fred Moore. My guest today is Stephen Coyne. Stephen Coyne on Instagram. Just spell it out. S-T-E-V-E-N-M-C-O-Y-N-E. That's who you are, right, Steve? Yes, sir. All right. So you just got done telling me off, off recording that you did like a little plunge in some 75-degree water. Um, yeah, the uh, the fake Florida cold plunge, fifty five degree air temperature, seventy five degree water. So nice, little chilly for a Florida man, but you know, good. I know. Well, I I think you're very brave for going in in temperatures that that dangerously cold. But so you're a strong man, right? You're a strong man. So this is part of your your regimen, no? I personally like to get out to the beach as much as I can, and uh, just. Being in nature, like charging up in the elements, I think is critical to, I mean, really like anybody's success, but especially if you like care about, you know, your overall health, wellness, like, you know, your mental well-being, like getting those natural elements is absolutely critical. hundred percent. Yeah. So that's a great topic to just jump into, but I just, we'll talk about that because I just had a, a incident with that too, uh, working out in the weather. Um, but before we get to that, let's just tell the audience that you have a program available. You call it the Elite Energy Program. And you're going to get into that. I want to hear about it because I met you. I personally met you in Florida. And um, I thought you were a really cool guy, high energy and everything like that. And just to get to just getting to know you that brief one time we met, I, I was like, oh, this guy's, you know, you got something to talk about. I believe that uh, what you've been talking about on your Instagram, I'm checking it out as I'm talking here, um, you know, your elite energy program actually looks legit. So, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about that um, and and getting back to the working out in the weather and how important it is, you know, I, me as a fireman, you know, working out inside a gym all the time doesn't help me. You know, it doesn't help me. I need to get out in like the hot sun. So I just, I just worked out the other day in the cold and it frigging kicked my ass. So, but the sun will kick your ass too. So um, wh what do you think about that as far as regularly training um, or, or keep it, it kind of hit and miss and stick to the, to the working out in the gym, it's just so you're, uh, you're uh, maxing out your weights all the time and stuff like that. How how do you feel about that? Do you think that it's too much of a drain on your system, exposing yourself, but it's necessary from time to time just to harden yourself up or, you know, uh, do it all the time? My my personal input, you know, for my myself as an athlete, I do compete in strongman, and I think that training in a harsh environment, there is something about that that puts me in a different zone mentally. So, you know, it is much, much, much more taxing uh, than – Obviously, going to like your crunch or your LA fitness, where it's always climate controlled. You pretty much 
you know, know exactly what environment you're going to walk into, but that's not really true. If, you know, you are going into a competition or just like, like, you know, for you, firefighter, like everyday life, like you don't know what situation you're walking into. So, you know, kind of being in intense environments is a really good way to just prepare for the moment. You know, if you're used to being in like really hot elements, you know, you're going to be okay if you're in really hot elements in your competition, but like kind of anything below that, you're going to be beyond good. I mean, you're so set, you will not even think twice about that. And, uh, you know, being in those environments, again, relating back to mental toughness, you know, there's, there's, your body doesn't work without, you know, your mind, your mind doesn't work without your body. So if you want to get the most out of these things, in my opinion, you know, if you're going to like put the work in to suffer a little bit physically, like, you know, you should raise your mind up to accept the challenge, accept the call. And like, no, like, you know, I'm not doing this to be comfortable. So why would I like go into the most comfortable environment I could find you know the like cleanest prettiest fanciest gym like that you know not that you can't get a lot of good work in and you know for some people like I you know I work with a couple of people who have there's nothing but a planet fitness in their area like no problem you can still get in and like create that environment yourself that's intense and like demanding but you know it's just about being mentally, physically, spiritually, like it's that wellness, like all together, you know, you got to be ready for any environment. So being in intense environments, prepare. Hey, everybody, if you're looking for new fitness equipment to add to what you have, and you want to find something that really complements the steel mace that you're swinging already, consider going with freedomstrength.us. They have strongman sandbags, throwing sandbags, uh, all kinds of lifting gear. They have training sandbags, resistance bands, and weight vests, and they have apparel. And if you use the discount code SMN10 at checkout, you're going to get 10% off. You're going to help support the podcast, and you're going to help support a good American company right in Pennsylvania, U.S. of A. So check out freedomstrength.us. Crazy for that, the best. When you compete outside in the hot sun, does that uh, do you usually do that, or is it more like inside gyms and stuff? Like, especially because I know Florida gets really hot and humid. So, where do they draw the line on that? Um, it is. I'd have to say it's probably about seventy thirty outdoor to indoor competition. So most, at least two thirds, are probably outdoors. Okay. Uh, wow. And so that, yeah. That, yeah, you know that's, now, that's that's what it is, and it's in the sun. Mm -hmm. So, so I mean, there's the, I can think of one thing right now. It it pisses me off, but it's part of being you know working out or working outside or whatever. Is you're trying to compete against these other people you want to win, and the damn sweat, the salty sweat, is getting in your eyes, and it burns, man. It burns, and. How do you, how do you like dealing with that? Well, you know, a lot of that going back to like being in those environments, like you can train to be comfortable with that over and over again. You know, like if you first time it happens, it's horrible, but if it happens a hundred times, you're like, Oh, this again, whatever. All right, carry on. So, you know, I try to win things in the intangibles. So even if it's an outside competition, like, I'm going to make damn sure that I'm not, you know, when I'm not competing, I'm not sitting out in that sun. So if I have, like, a tent or canopy that I have to bring myself, like, great, no problem. You know, I have 
I've gone into my car and just like turned the AC on and chilled in like the cool shade in my car in between events. So there's oh, things yeah. like that to make sure that like, okay, you know, by the time I'm ready, like I haven't been drained by this. So, you yeah. know, a lot of that comes in like the pre-planning because stuff like that might happen. And if it does happen, that's okay. But you can be prepared to avoid those bad situations. Cool, man. That's cool. Um, yeah, I usually, if I get sweat in my eye, I I squint and I use the other eye. And then when it gets in that eye, I squint and I use no eyes. And then after a while, it just, that's it. Um, so what are your favorite strongman, um, you know, things to do when you compete? Like, what are your best, what are your best, um, uh, like, do you like stone lifting and things like that? Uh, I, my favorite has to be stone lifting and there's just nothing, there's nothing like it at all. You know, a lot of people know this, but there's in every ancient culture and tradition you can find, there is tradition of stone lifting. There's something deep down inside of us. I don't know what it is, but it doesn't matter. There's something there that's so appealing and drawing about stone lifting. So that's my favorite. Love the stone of shoulder, stone over bar. Um, that's my favorite. What I am best at is, uh, the yoke carry. You know, the oh. big frame like up on your back. That's one where, you know, I will I will personally take my chances against anybody on that one. I feel pretty good about that, whether it's a uh you know, medium weight for speed or you know, as heavy as possible for a shorter distance. That's that's something I've just always been pretty good at. Um with stone lifting, I I, I you know, I don't do it. I've done it. I've picked up some smaller stuff stuff that you would probably just you know, pick up with one hand. I got one in my backyard. I look at it all the time. It's kind of big and it's kind of angry looking with jagged edges and stuff. And mm. like one day I'm going to lift you. And you're right. It's this primal thing that you have. Like you just want to lift the thing up for some reason. Right. It's like, yeah, is it, walk past it, it and go, Oh, I could lift that. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like some Viking shit or something like that. Are you familiar with the history of stone lifting? Because I was, I follow a few guys and I thought it was so cool. They discovered like these old stones that came from other countries and they think Vikings put these stones on their ships and then brought them. Like, I guess they're on their way to go raid some other country, steal everything, rape everybody, you know, mm -hmm. kill everything. But they're like, yeah, let's bring our, our stones with us. And they would, they would, they're there. Like they, there's no way these rocks would be here unless somebody brought them. Do you know about stuff like that? Well, yeah, some of that, you know, like originally for like crews, whether they were, you know, raiders, Vikings, or just something like a fisherman, you know, a lot of these were original tests of strength to see how much like your wages were or just to see if you were worthy. You know, so one of the most popular series is there's a series of four stones in Iceland. I couldn't tell you exactly where they are, but um, I know the top two are it's the Fulsterker and the Halfsterker. And then there's two more lower ones in that. So that's full strength half strength, and then there's two more below that, which I don't remember the names, and you would get the highest wages or, like, the best positions if you could lift the heaviest one, if you are no full shit. strength. Really? Yeah. And those are – you can find those. If you look up, like, Fulsterker Stone, like, that is in a specific location, and anybody can walk up and try that, like, right now. So – What, what is like, that way? Oh, uh, if I if I had to guess, the Fulsterker is probably in the mid-300s. I don't really know off the top of my head. Holy it's man. you know it's it's no it's no small feat. All right, so you know? now you could lift the was it Folkester? 
Folster Kerr. Oh, Folster Kerr. I mean, that's you, that's uh, Icelandic language, but yeah, it's Folster Kerr, full strength. Okay, got it. Yeah, if you could do that, if you could lift that bad boy, what kind of job do you get? You get you get the like the head of the guard, or I get that proves like you're able to do warrior shit, right? And you don't get a job like you know cooking so was, and. A lot of that was actually uh, fishing, you know, fishing related. I'm not exactly sure what on boats, but it would be wages. So you would get the highest wages because you were the the strongest one, you know, Even like if, the most in demand. What if you were a dope though? Did it matter? Smallest wages. You'd probably, you know, probably have to, you know, clean up everybody's shit literally or something like that. I don't know. I'm, you know, like anything else, there are more desirable and less desirable jobs. That is wild, man. Yeah. Isn't it interesting how society has changed so much um, nowadays? I mean, people just think like if you can lift something heavy, you're you're a meathead. <laughs> yeah, right. That's it. That's what they think, and I I I think that's fine. I love meatheads; they're the best people. I consider Agreed. myself a, a, a sort of a meathead. I was back more in the day. I lost a little weight since then, but. Um, yeah, it's amazing like, that people valued strength so much that they literally said, if you could lift that stone, I'll pay you more money. Yeah, yeah, that's those are one of the most famous ones. And then, you know, one more I want to touch on, a much more popular one is the Husafelt stone in Iceland. And this is another one. You can look up the location of it. You can go find it. It's just sitting out in a sheep pen in Iceland. And that's just legendary feat of strength. And... It is for one for many, many, many meatheads, myself included. That's a bucket list item. Like I'm gonna lift that thing before I'm dead. How much does um, it weigh? That one is about 420 pounds. I think it's like 418 ish, but 420 or so. And then the like real, real bad boys pick that thing up, and it's literally around like a sheep pen, right? So if you're like big league, you pick that thing up and you walk around the sheep pen with it. Okay, yes, that is so cool. They 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 call that the Conan arm or something like that too, right? Because it was in the Conan movie. That's yeah, that's a whole nother beast implement though, like where you're either holding, you know, like in the crux of your elbows. Oh, okay. Or, I, I, or, or push it, but anything that's in a wheel like that. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. So it that's about four hundred and something pounds. Four hundred Yeah, that one of the it's it's a little under four twenty. It's over four hundred though, I know that. Wow. So yeah, you're lifting it dead off of the ground. Right. And it's usually, I mean, Iceland is not a uh, dry country, so it's usually cold, windy, and rainy. Right. And so you got a moist, wet rock. You're cold, you're wet, and you well, have to lift it. Exactly. Relating back to what we were talking about, you know, it's like, it's all well and good if you, you know, hit like a really big PR, like in a cool air-conditioned gym with your straps, but... You know, what What the hell does that matter if, you know, you got to lift like a heavy rock for whatever reason in like the cold wind and rain? You know, right. so it's real, real, true, legit strength. And that's what's so cool about those stones is, you know, it is it is uh, as real as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think that's what it is, man. And I, I don't know if anybody listening is, uh, sh you know, sure about, you know, li stone lifting and like what what it entails. But uh, just in case you don't. It's not the same as deadlifting a barbell because you got to get your hands underneath this thing and it's sitting on the ground. So there's way more depth. You got to get into like a, a full squat, get all the way down, and then you got to pull this thing up. And usually 
there's a checkpoint, right, Steve? It, you lift it past your shins up onto your onto your front of your legs, onto your thighs, and then kind of get more of a grip from there, and then you kind of stand up with it, right? Yeah, typically you want to try to get it to your lap first and then find a better position to um, just just get a better position, you know, some sort of like clench or hug, you know, get your upper back in a better position to like hold on tight and stand tall with it. So yeah, there's there's always different levels, you know, and depending what it is, different things matter. So like I said, you could carry that Husafel, but other ones that are smaller, um, you can press overhead. You can just take to your shoulder. Others like that Husafel, if you just get it to your chest standing, like boom, you've done it. You know, others though, a nice good press or a carry, you know, it's, it's, that's what's awesome about this is with these natural stones, no two are the same. Right. You, know, you can like, again, just relating back to like barbells, you lift on a barbell, you know, here, there, wherever, like you pretty much know what you're walking into, but every stone is different. And that's, what's so cool is that, you know, there's, there's like a puzzle element to it. There's fundamentals that you use, but ultimately like you got to determine right there in the moment, like what the best approach is, like what, you know, you got to angle it the right way. You got to position your hands the right way. So that's, I, that's so much fun to me about that. So Absolutely. you want to, you and people like yourself want to get on an airplane, fly to Iceland or one of these countries where they have these stones and they're famous stones that many, many people have been picking up for thousands of years. Right. Yep. And you want to go lift this thing. And certainly you don't want to, you know, wind up failing. I mean, I mean, you at least want to try it, but you, the last thing you want to do is fail. But you get there and it's been raining all day and the, and the grass that it's sitting on is really, really wet. So when you go to lift it, all your weight, you sink. You yep. sink. All these things are working against you. Also, you're picking it up. There's this like not like a sharp edge or something right on your forearm, right on the bone. You got you you got to regrip it. You got everything working again. You might you might actually cut yourself or bruise yourself. You, you right? This is all these things are the reality, and there's no guarantee you're gonna. Get... Yeah, and I mean, of course, it's a big heavy it. rock. Like you know, what if you what if you trip back and fall back with it and it crushes your chest? Like anything could happen. You know, why is it on somebody's property? Do you have to sign a waiver? I uh, don't have to sign a waiver, but it literally is on. It's it's around a sheet pen. It's the Husafel is yeah the um, those Folsterker ones are like just on the outside of a fishing village, there. But they just they're just there. You don't have to sign a waiver. You can just get up and and do it. So what do they do with people that die? Uh, yeah, good good question. I don't have the answer to that. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> they certainly don't come back home. <laughs> you know, at least. Uh, I'm sure there's got to be some sort of lore or legend, you know, it's like if you die on the battlefield, you reach Valhalla, you know, maybe there's, maybe it's an honor or something like that. Right. They put you on the boat out, they send you out and they shoot the uh, the arrows that are on fire. They burn you up and then they just go back to doing whatever they were doing. And they say, yeah, he was a good guy. He tried. Listen, if, you know, if, if my story ends and people say, you know, Hey, Steve went out trying to lift a 400 pound rock. I'd, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> yeah. I like it, man. It's pretty simple. Right. It's like a, the, the straw man's dream right there. Yeah, yeah. Also, I know I can imagine. Like, I'm, I'm thinking one of my friends, if I heard that, I'd be like, oh, man, that sucks, but that's awesome. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's talk about this elite energy program that you got going on because I was watching a couple of videos of you talking about it, 
and it's really interesting. And um, I'll just let you talk about it. And and um, if I have any questions after, uh, go. I'll I'll just ask them. So go ahead, fire away, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's just jump right into it. So the Elite Energy Program, you know, was created with people that are either like an entrepreneur or in a very competitive, fast-paced career field. You know, many people in general like are just waking up tired. They're overwhelmed by their job, their career, and then they also have to go home and like be a father be a husband. So with all the things going on in the world, whether it's all the bullshit on your phone, the news, you know, the food that's all processed, like just electronics everywhere. Like it's a huge problem that a lot of men have where we're tired, we're losing focus, you know, we're gaining weight in ways that we don't want. You know, I don't care what people want to say about things like the dad bod, like you do not want that. I know I'm speaking to everybody. Right. Not good enough. You know, if you want to be like the master of your life and in control of your destiny, like having a dad bod, having that gut is not good enough. So this elite energy program was something that I created and pieced together to help people get that competitive edge. Like I talked about earlier, you know, your, your mind, your body, and your soul never work apart from each other. So we try to find the best ways to stack habits, you know, get you in a routine and like master some of these fundamentals to where you can be like very high energy, you know, again, com competitive demanding fields, like you have to be at your best. You have to be focused on your work and have that energy to carry out what you want to do. I mean, it's, it's for anybody that wants more out of life, just coasting by is not good enough. You know, so when we get those good workouts in, when we're eating right, when we're thinking about the right things, and eliminating the wrong things, you know, this this high energy, this elite energy is possible for anybody. And that's that is what the basis of this program is, is you know, regaining that like, you know, waking up with that rage and like good positive harness focus to get after it. Because, you know, for our career fields, we jumped into this for a certain reason. You know, and it's about connecting to that, keeping that razor sharp focus and having the energy to attack why we're doing what we're doing. Wow, that's fantastic. So how does it look like when uh, a person contacts you and works with you? What's the initial steps, how they um, start with you and and what can they expect in the beginning? Sure. So the program, you know, there are fundamentals to this, but it is individualized to what you need. So a lot of this is analyzing what approaches you know, to these goals have worked for you a little bit, what hasn't worked, you know, playing on that. So there's a lot of things that are really important. Like for me, I'm in strongman competitively, but people that want to build their brand and their business, 99.99% of them are not there. So those people can't afford to be doing these long strongman workouts where they're just killing their freaking body. Like mm -hmm. I can't, and I love it. No problem. So People have gone into some of these workout programs, you know, I'm not like hating on CrossFit, but just a very common popular one that most people get into and they leave freaking drained and exhausted. And again, they're losing that focus because that workout has just like tanked them down. So we try to find that, you know, zone of where like, we're going to get some workouts that are like going to challenge you, going to just what we talked about at the beginning. Like we're going to allow your mental game to raise up because of the challenge of this workout but they're going to be built so that they energize you. This is your natural energy boost. You're not going to have to rely on drinking three bangs or three monsters a day. 
we're going to get this eating and workout situation right to where that is your natural energy boost. It becomes your competitive advantage over other people who are using like, you know, stimulants, like whether it's that gas station energy drink or prescription, you're going to have that advantage because of your routines and your habits to have that edge. So, you know, so we dig in just again, what's going on in your life? Like, where can we improve? What can we take out? And like, that's, you know, bit by bit, we do not ever overhaul everything at once. You should never, ever do that. So we take, you know, one thing at a time, let's make sure this is solid, take a step. Let's make sure this is solid, take a step, right. you know, and then by the time we're 10 steps in, the best part about that is, you know, that habit develops and builds, and then it just becomes part of your life. So if we do this step by step, let's say you take a slip back, you know, shit happens, life happens. You have to regress a little bit. It happens to all of us and that's okay. But if we do this step by step by step, we might lose one habit, but we're built strong on the foundation of nine other ones. When people try to do 10 things at once to totally radically change their life, let's say you have a fantastic two weeks and then you slip, you're going to lose all 10 and then you're back at ground zero, you know? So it's about building stacking habits for you what's the worst habit you see people with nowadays i think you said probably like the the phones and stuff like that the, being distracted or is it something else uh phones is a pretty big one uh i think that a lot of people are i think the nutrition for most people is 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 where is that's what a lot of people are missing that's and here's why always been the problem since i can remember it's mm -hmm. always nutrition well, the problem with that is there's a couple of things is first, <laughs> I went through having the food pyramid when I was going through school and stuff. And now if yeah, we all look shit. back at that, oh my gosh, <laughs> what a disaster, absolute disaster. Yep. Yeah, right. The basis of your day should be up to 12, you know, seven to 12 servings of like grains and carbs a day. And then at the very top of the pyramid, right below the sweets are your meats. Like, are you freaking kidding me? So, <laughs> you know, I mostly work with men on this and that is an absolute disaster you know think about any time when you've like had a nice night out and it's just been like a bunch of bread or like italian a bunch of pasta like how do you feel physically and mentally sluggish in both fields right you know and that's like again going back to needing to be like crisp and sharp up top unacceptable so we want to like lean in to eating things that are like higher in saturated fats from clean healthy sources you know not only because you know that gives us the protein and fuel to build our muscles up, but that balances our hormones out. You know, that's, that's really, there's your hormones, especially testosterone as a man, there's so much you can control with just your diet. So if you're eating stuff like processed foods, you're eating out a lot, you know, you're getting stuff that is not taking you in the right direction for that hormone balance. And you know, a lot of guys don't understand this, but having your testosterone right sets the tone for everything else. This elite energy, if we get that testosterone in the right place, which can happen through your diet alone, you know, then you get all those things. You get that figure that you want, you get the mindset that you want, and you get the energy that you've been craving. Now, why is a dad bod so bad? Um, I know, I mean, it, I know it doesn't look good and I know that, you know, it's unhealthy and all, but can you go into more specifics as to really why it's bad? Because I don't think people get the hard truth enough yeah yeah so you know one obviously like your your figure is a reflection of your habits very very straight up and simple and 
if you're, we go back to this needing to have the advantage and the edge in your field. When you are going in for a, a job, a deal, a contract, or just knocking on doors, whether you like it or not, it's just the truth that you are getting sized up immediately by how you look. Definitely. So if you are looking at, you know, one of, one of my guys I work with is a firefighter and he had a huge, amazing weight loss. And like we were talking about it, like, listen, are you going to, you going to trust this guy that's 150 pounds overweight to come in and save your life? Or are you going to want this guy, you know, who's got like nice broad shoulders and a tight waist? Like if you look at one of those two guys, who are you going to pick to come save your life? Obviously the guy that's like fit and in shape, but you know, same thing, like whether you're in consulting, whether you're in roofing, if you're an attorney, you know, think about if you had an attorney, it's like a common trope about the, the ties loose, hairs all over the place, the like suit jackets, loose fitting. You know, why is that such a common trope in like movies and TVs? It's because you are making that judgment in your mind right away about who that person is. So versus, you know, we have, everybody's got these, these guys on TV who are the like, you know, hotshot personal injury attorneys that are, they look great. They have tall, you know, good, strong, like shoulders back, chest up, positive aura and energy. You know, think about this stuff. You are making these judgments in your mind immediately based on what these people look like. So aside from, you know, it's just like unhealthy to have like a big gut, like you have to have the advantage with your figure to succeed. There's no way that you're going to be your best if you don't show up looking good. You know, and that's not to say that you have to be whatever, like Michael Hearn, like Titan superstar model, but there's a good fit and good look for you that you can achieve. You know, it doesn't have to be 10 out of 10. Don't put the pressure on yourself to like go super max, but there's a lot of things you can do for your figure and your presence and posture that make you look like you're in control and you got this, which sends not just to the people you're meeting for your position, but when you're walking down the street, it sends those messages to those people too. Yeah, your confidence goes up a lot too, right? I mean, I I think that's basically what you just said in 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 so many words, but that 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 has to be understood by people. And even you know, we were just talking about stone lifting, and you know, somebody's thinking, "Gee, why would I want to go lift some angry stone that hurts me and just lift it?" And well, when you do it, and then you do it again you start to look at life differently. Like you are a doer, you are willing on uh, sacrificing, uh, you know, something to get something, which just makes your confidence go up. And all of a sudden people look at you differently. Now you're looking better. You're wearing better fitting clothes. You know, you're carrying yourself a little bit better. You, you, you're, you're quick, you're quicker to step up into a group discussion and, Maybe yep. even have the audacity to take command of it and start leading people without them even knowing because you're confident about what you, you could do, right? Well, you lead by your action and example. You know, why would you ever want somebody – why would anybody ever pick you for a job if you haven't shown that you are willing to work for yourself? You know, if you're not putting in the work for yourself, again, yeah. if you're like that slob or something, like you're the last person I'm going to ask for help. Like, sorry, not sorry. But – you know, somebody that's well-presented, clean, groomed, fit, like you're going to look at that guy right away and say like, okay, yeah, cool. Sounds good. He's probably got this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I, years ago, uh, I worked in an office and a guy was overweight and he comes up to me and goes, Hey Fred, man, how do I eat better? And I, I tried to set him up with a, a very, you know, 
good bodybuilding diet. I told him to work out. He ended up kind of doing his own thing, but what he did was he restricted calories and he stuck to it. He lost a ton of weight, started wearing like better clothes. His clothes, he was even spending more money on his clothes because he was like, I, I, I deserve it now, you know? And he, I left that company and I moved on with my life, but I touched base a couple years later. He was running the whole show there. Awesome. You know, he went from just a guy sitting at a desk, like on the phone, you know, overweight to like, now he's like hustling. He's, he's having top level uh, meetings with other companies and stuff. He's running the show. I mean, the boss, the boss loved him, gave him more responsibility, more money. So, I mean, if, you know, that was just me giving him some half-assed advice that he half-assed listened to. Now with you, you're running an actual program. And I mean, I can you get into well, first of all, how long have, have you been running this program for with people? So by actual like name brand design, this program has been out for three months, but I have been a trainer and a coach for almost 13 years now. Okay, yeah. so you've been perfecting it and now you've got 13 years of working with people into this program because you know what works, you throw away what doesn't, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and there's, there just are things that work and things that don't plain and simple. And this goes back to this whole idea of like energy conservation is, you know, for, for you and your mindset, there are ways that you can work out really hard and really aggressively and enjoy these workouts and kick your own ass, but not like crawl out of the gym and feel like boosted. You know, it's a weird combination where it's like, wow, that, that workout kicked my ass, but I feel amazing right now. We've all had those moments. So there, there are ways to achieve that over and over and over again. And then again, step by step by step, we just keep improving. We keep ramping it up. So like, you know, like your guy that you gave the diet to, like that guy didn't do his stuff overnight, you know, step by step measured, boom, 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 one step at a time. Yeah, that's, you're right. You're right. I, and I guess um, what I'm getting off of you, just, this is my own personal whatever anybody's listening to here don't necessarily go by what i'm saying because everybody has their interpretations over what they hear the words from another person but right off the bat uh because there's so many distractions because we don't know where to start sometimes and because we fail to stay the course a lot right we 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 don't give ourselves enough time to work something we can we can get lost so Coming to a guy like you keeps you on track, um, gives gives people accountability. But um, I guess you know at the end of the day, it, when guys are getting frustrated because there's it's there's still work. Um, you're there to kind of say, well, wait a minute, you got all these other positive things going on right yeah. here. We're, you're, you're getting frustrated over this. Yeah, we could we could fix that. That's where coaching comes in. That's what the value of coaching is. 100% to give you direction and also, you know, be that support for, like you said, you know, this is not, a lot of people get caught up on very specific small things that actually don't matter a whole lot. Commonly, right. it's the number on the scale. So, you know, you might have this conception in your mind, like, oh, I need to be 180 pounds, like whatever. And let's say, you know, you're stuck at 190 for a month. You might not, and then like, this is okay. You're not really supposed to know, like, it's fine. You might not realize and understand that, Yo, man, you're packing on pounds of muscle right now at the same rate you're losing fat. So, you know, when you're thinking about that 180, what does that mean to you? And you would tell me, like, 
oh, that means I have bigger arms, bigger shoulders. And I was like, all right, well, how'd your T-shirt fit this morning? Oh, well, actually, it was a little tight around the chest and shoulders. You know, you know, so just about like shifting your focus and your energy like to the right things that are important and matter. You know, like yeah. are you like are you coming home like even some of those things like the scale's not moving where you want. Like, you know, how'd you feel when you got home from work today? Like, were you able to spend quality time with your family? Like, oh, you know what? Like, actually, yeah. Like, so a lot of this is gratitude practice as well. We need to be grateful and thankful for like the progress we're doing. You know, that's, yeah. that's uh, so critical and people don't really take a lot of the time to like love themselves for what they're doing. You know, so that, that's where I like to come in as well is remind you like, hey man, don't be so hard on yourself. You're kicking ass. Here's why. Let's try to like take a moment to be appreciative of these things. And that totally shifts your mindset and puts you right back on track. But hey, man, we all get frustrations. We all have shit that comes up. And like, dude, if you are frustrated or you feel like you hit a roadblock, that is life, man. There is no single person that's ever achieved something good that hasn't had those feelings. So you got to remember that stuff, too. You know, if you're hitting some adversity, if you're hitting some you know, tougher paths, like you're probably on the right path. You know, that's, it's just that simple. Yeah. I, you know, you just said some good stuff there and I want to make sure everybody listening and watching, you heard what Steve just said. He said, you know, have gratitude for what you're doing. And you did mention earlier working the mind, body and soul. So, I mean, that, that could get pretty damn deep, dude. You know, I mean, that could we could start the whole podcast all over and get onto that. But I mean, how 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 do we do the mind, body, and soul? Is there an order to it? Do we do the mind first, the body next? Well, well it it's it's all in one. It's all in one. You know, it it really I don't think you can uh isolate one one over the other. Really. I really do not think that you can. And you know, one of the things I like personally in my workouts uh, that gives you good positive mental feedback, which shows you the physical feedback, which makes you feel better and happier, which is the spiritual side is, you know, I like a lot of stuff um, like, you know, AMRAPs, like as many rounds as possible in a time frame, which right away, you're going to start seeing some progress in that, like with certain structure and criteria, like we're going to repeat these patterns and get better, add more reps, add more rounds that comes in pretty quick. So like, you know, looking at stuff like that, like I said, like, you know, physically you're going to be feeling better and like feel the effects of that. Mentally, you can look at those hard numbers, say like, oh, well, you know, I did four rounds last week and I did four and a half today. Like, you know, that's mental cognition, understanding that. And then when you can feel better about that and feel good about yourself, that's where you get more of your spiritual side coming in. So, you know, that's, that's how I kind of like to look at that stuff, um, you know, to build that three-headed dragon to feel good look good and perform well, which will inspire you to like make these other changes to continue just rolling that snowball down the hill. Look good, feel good and perform well. That's it, man. That's, that's, that's what it is. Dragon. That's, you know, what, what else do you want? I mean, you, how you look, the things that are important are how you look, how you feel and how you perform. You know, if you are happy with those things, really tell me what else you want. Yeah. You're, you're going to be hard. You're going to really have to think about what's better than that. And, you know, also too, is something wrong with one of those things? Maybe you like how you feel and how you're performing, but you don't like how you look like awesome. Like that's cool to 
find something that we don't like about that because that gives us even more focus to attack that like specific head of the dragon. All right. Yeah. That's so you're, yeah, you're able to break that down. So this is all good. This is um, all like, I guess the three headed dragon thing isn't necessary, necessarily a hierarchy, but it gives us a, um, something to look at a broad view as we're entering into this or, or say mind, body and soul, right? Mm. Okay. You know, where, where am I at today with this? It gives you a, a place. You're not just operating randomly. It gives you a place in space where your training, your mindset is engaged and you're just, you're just on that point. Right. Mm. Yep. So I, I mean, that's, that's like warrior shit right there. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's sharpening the mind. Yeah, I, I love it, man. It, everything you're talking about to me, I would, I would definitely sign up. Um, you know, this, this was basically like a, like you know, hey, are you really what you say you are? And everything you just said is legit. You know, so I love it. Um, also, you mentioned stacking habits. Yeah. So. I get what you mean by that, but can you just kind of open up a little bit more? Is there certain habits you want to start with first that are better to have, or it, it just all kind of randomly happens as you work per client? Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say randomly, but it is, it is individualized because some people might eat really well, but like never work out. Some people might have good pre bedtime rituals, but don't eat well, you know, so it, it kind of depends, you know, when I like to describe this, uh, my favorite way to explain it is, um, you know, let's, let's take fat loss is really a great example for this. And this also relates back. Let's remember if we do all those 10 things at once and you slip up, you're back to ground zero. So, you know, when we, let's say we want to lose weight and let's get more specific. Like we want to step on stage at a bodybuilding show. All right. And we've got a long way to go. What's the first thing we're going to do. We're going to start right here by increasing our workouts. All right. So we're just going to make sure that we can get steady with our workout routine and like feel good about that. And then when we are ready, then we can add in cardio. All right. So that's like another step again, habit one, habit two. So then when we're working out doing our weight training and our cardio, we've got that rolling. Well, then we can cut our calories a little bit. Okay. You know, there's probably going to be two or three more layers of where we can like cut our calories just a little bit, bit by bit where these new habits are coming into play and we're capitalizing, you know, four and five make one, two and three better. They add like so much more into the mix. You right. know, let's say then we're like hitting a plateau or something, you know, then we can cut our carbs, you know, then we can cut our calories again. So there's just like seven things right there specific to fat loss, but I'm going to give you one more example, right? So Biggest one I probably biggest one I see is uh, most people don't eat enough protein. That is right. absolutely critical. So, you know, let's just say we're not a like fat loss goal. This is back to this like, you know, holistic mind, body, soul thing. Step one, we're going to make sure every day that you're getting 150 grams of protein. When we master that down and that's second nature to you, we're going to move on to step number two. We're going to make sure we're getting enough water for you. We're going to make sure you're getting over a hundred ounces a day of water. Okay. So hopefully by this point, you know, we're, we're so good in our routines and habits that we're not thinking about these. Okay. Then number three, all right, well, let's start eliminating some of these refined carbs 
and making the switches to, you know, fruits, rice, quinoa, like whatever. So when we're, when we're here, it's like, all right, so you know that these foods here are working well for you. How can we like prep these meals out in advance? All right. So like right there. So we're looking at four things. We're getting enough protein. We're getting enough water. We're taking out like bad refined carbs and putting in good ones for our system. We're learning how to prepare ourselves for the week ahead. Okay. And then that's, you know, that's four things. So like by the time we're that deep, just on those four, you're going to be feeling like a completely new person. And then we can add in stuff like, Oh dude, do we need to like now work on our sleep? You know, but, but the thing is, is like, if we attack those four, like your gut's going to be working better. You're going to have these higher energy levels that, that carries over. Again, it's all connected. Always. You're probably, yeah, you might just start gonna... sleeping better just, just because you're eating better and exercising. And all of a sudden you're going to be like, Oh, well, I'm, no, I'm, I'm sleeping eight hours now. I, I could only sleep five. And so you, you're like, well, there we go. Scratch that one off the list. And that just happened naturally, right? Right, right. You know, maybe you've heard the saying, um, change happens gradually and then suddenly. Many times what happens is we we get along the journey and then one day you're like, oh, shit. Like you said, oh, man, I, I could sleep a full eight hours without waking up in the middle of the night now. You know, so a lot of times those things come into play. Um, and you don't even, one day you just wake up and realize it. That's that. Yeah, so that's that's kind of the stacking habits. Like that does that you know make sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, you're saying one day you wake up and it just kind of happened. That is true. That is true. That happened to me many times uh in my life past twenty or thirty years, whatever. I've been like working out. I mean, I've had goals and you keep plugging away and then you know, you just get into the zone and then one day you just wake up, you look in the mirror or you realize like, I remember times getting out of bed and literally my feet hitting the floor. And the first thing I think about is running through the wall. Yeah. That's how awesome I felt. And I'd be like on a really good diet plan, you know, and working out and I'm just, I'm like weeks into it. And I just, I wake up like, 100% charged. Yeah. So that's a reality. That could be. People could have that. Yeah. And, and again, sometimes it just, just you just wake up one day and you're like, oh, man, it's it's here. <laughs> you know, one day you're just going to wake up and say like, oh, wow, you know what? I think I've made it. Yeah. You know, and, then, and then the fun really begins. You know, then when you like realize those things and you have this new level of, of confidence and health. Ooh, then then we really can get started cooking. Then we can dream big and think big and, and really think about some amazing things that we didn't even think were possible before. Yeah, so let's say somebody gets to that point. Um, they work with you for six to nine months, a year, and then all of a sudden they're just floored. They're like, yo, Steve, th this has been great, but I want more. I, I, I'm doing so much better, but I want more. You're prepared yourself. You're prepared to and continue engaging with them and bring them to that next level, whatever the next level is? Oh, of course. You know, I, I like to phase it in different ways, but one of my favorite ways to describe it is, you know, if you've ever played a video game, as you get further along, the bosses get harder and harder and harder. So, you know, when we have, yeah. you know, built this rock-solid foundation and we want to achieve more, like, we are strengthened. We have the tools to do harder things. So let's let's charge forward into a bigger challenge 
you know, and that could be all sorts of things. Maybe it's just like a ripped six pack, or maybe it's like 18 inch arms, like whatever, you know, for some people, like it's going into like their first competitive strongman or powerlifting meet, which could be for many, Hey man, what's number one fear is public speaking or like being in front of a crowd. So there's stuff like that, that we can achieve and accept the challenge and just power through at that point. But again, it comes back to the, like, we have built your foundation up so strong that you should know and have the confidence that, hey, hell yeah, I'm taking on bigger challenges. I have it's a privilege to be able to take these things on. Yeah. You know, it, right. it really, really is. Like <laughs> it's a blessing to have even the possibility and the thought and the notion of like, hey, I I can do this. You know, because you'll look back and you'll think, wow, there's no way I could have ever considered that a year ago. You know, that's uh, back to gratitude. What an amazing feeling. What a privilege. Yeah, that is that is true. Now, do you uh, recommend a person, let's just say a person, they're like, I want to do, you know, I want to do better, Steve. You know, I, I want to lose weight. I want to get stronger. I don't want to compete or nothing like that. Would you ever try to encourage somebody to just try to compete in a local thing or something like that, like a local deadlift competition, nothing major? I feel like that's a good thing to encourage people to do, but sometimes I don't know if that's too much of a pressure on them. They might want to run away or something. Uh, I I am so pro-competition. I am all for it. I think it is very important as a human to put yourself in challenging situations, and there's nothing more uh, thrilling and exciting than a competition. And a lot of these – like, I get it. You know, it can be kind of intimidating – but almost nobody's ever come out of their first competition and says, oh, I really regret doing that. Uh, it's just about testing yourself. And many times, you know, if you pick a good one, the energy and the excitement of that allows you to like raise yourself up. It's, it's literal ritual that might allow you to perform even better than you ever could in a gym or training setting. So yeah, I, I absolutely believe in that. But there's other things that display themselves in a competition, you know, and it could be something like anxiety or, you know, nerves or something like happens in the moment that you could have never expected. Uh, it's about hardening your defenses, again, building your foundation, like learning about yourself at your core. Like, why do these things happen? Like, are you, you have a whole bunch of like nerves and jitters. Like, that's okay. Hey, man, again, we're all human. So like, why does that pop up? And then we can, you know, take a moment to dive into that, conquer it, come out better and stronger than ever. So people need to be tested. This is like something why, you know, this elite energy program is for either entrepreneurs or like somebody that's in a competitive field because we need to be tested to be at our best. So if you're in something where you have to be at your best and you're continually testing yourself, I think these things work for you, especially well. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, one of the things about um, leading up to a competition, you just pay attention to your training more. You're more focused. You're you're, yeah. You know something. You know a test is coming. Yep. Right. You know a test. Now you're just a dude that wants to like you know be able to walk on the beach and you know flex some pecs and look decent and you know have some abs or something. But yeah, right. But at the end of the day, that's not really a test. You know, trying to get some some girl to like you. I mean, they're gonna still. You're still gonna need a personality. So yeah, you, you go you go do a competition, and when you do a competition. Um, you'll develop some personality. You'll also have something to talk about. And the girl that you might be impressing might be in the crowd at the competition cheering for you, right? Oh, 100%. 100%. It's real-world feedback. You know, there's just no no better way 
to test yourself, build in your personality and your character. Great, great notes on that. You're exactly right. And you will find, I'm sure you've had this experience too. Wow. You know, people that do their first competitions, it's the people afterwards that come up to them and say like, oh, I could never do that. And many people, when they do their first one, will say, that's what I used to think, you know? So you, you never know as well if you're a little scared or nervous to do something like who you're inspiring. You know, most of us do give a shit about making this world a better place. So like, that's, that's it too. You want to be on top of improving yourself. Like you have the opportunity to be a really good example for people in your life and sometimes complete total strangers. Yeah. And you know, I've never been to any strongman competitions or deadlift competitions or anything like that where yes it's intimidating when you look at it from the outside and you picture a bunch of you know Meatheads. pumped up people <laughs> making, yeah. making faces and grunting noises but they're doing that to themselves it's their own competition with themselves at the end of the day right when you get into one of those things every people couldn't be more supportive i've been to strongman competitions where they're cheering people on like, you know, competition is cheering on their competition. Um, big giant dudes that look like they could friggin' crush a Cadillac in their arms are like going over and giving pep talks to, you know, young upstarts guys and stuff like that. There's none of that intimidating stuff because it's a culture and everybody identifies with each other in that culture. They know you're here to do savage shit and you get respect right out of the gate for showing up, right? Absolutely. If you're here, you're in the club. You're in. Yeah. And it's a good club. It's a good club. They eat right. <laughs> you know, no bullshit. They tell you the truth. They tell you the truth, right? You're being, you're, if you're being a dickhead at the gym or something, they're like, yo, man, stop being a dickhead. Just lift the weight, right? Whatever. There's no, there's no, and you don't get hurt feelings and, and, you know, all this subjectivity, it's, it, it comes down to the truth is, you know, um, that barbell or that, or that lifting stone is, is going to be the truth because you either lift it or you can't. That's it. I mean, you, you either can or you can't. Yeah. So, uh, if people want to get in touch with you and they want to jump on this elite program, tell us how to do so. Best way is reach out to me on my Instagram. Shoot me a direct message. And again, that is uh, Stephen M. Coyne, spelled out S-T-E-V-E-N-M-C-O-Y-N-E. So that is the uh, easiest way to contact, reach out to me if you're interested. And, you know, even if you need a little bit of, like, help or advice, you know, I, I am here to help you figure some stuff out. So. Let's see if we can get some work done for you. I mean, that's that's all it is. And, you know, to, to get started, the thing you got to do is take action. One of the things I like to say is, you know, how do you, how do you walk 100 miles? One step at a time. You're never going to do it if you don't take that first step. So get your foot out there. Take some action. Yeah, man. That's good. That's good. And, and yeah, it's, it's uh, – I've said it a million times on this podcast. Um, I know I'm a little biased because I, I coach people, but it's tr the truth. Y if you hire a coach, you're going to get there a lot faster and you're going to do it a lot better. And you're not going to hurt yourself and you're not going to be miserable. You might be a little miserable, but that's just the good resistance that you feel. But at the end of the day, like – 
four times faster. What might what might take you four years to figure out you could have it all wrapped up and you'll know yourself and you'll know what you're doing by getting coached in like a year's time. So, yep. you know, I always try to tell people that. And uh, yeah, so everybody, you know, contact Steve if, you know, you want to you want to try this out. Now, Steve, are you ever going to do any steel mace competitions, swinging a heavy steel mace for mace uh, for vintage strength games or something? They're right there in Florida. You know, I think it's definitely in the cards. I, I compete in all sorts of stuff all the time, so I, I think it's an inevitability that I'll be doing one of these. Um, the last uh, vintage strength games, I was in the Highland Games, same time, so I couldn't, couldn't make that out. But, you know, just personally, this year alone, I have done – um, oh boy, a uh, jujitsu, CrossFit, two strongmans, powerlifting meet. Um, I think I already said Highland Games, but I've done like six or seven different types of competitions. I like being in just about everything, so it's wow. a matter of time. I love the mace work. I've got pretty strong shoulders. I've been doing it for a couple of years now, so yeah, I, you'll you'll see me in one. All right, good. Later, that's for sure. You know, um, Frank DeMeo over at MaceFit, of course. Would- yeah, he would love to see a guy like you. Uh, um, Frank's a man. Yeah, it's. I'm telling you, it is a matter of time. I mean, I I know that. Like, I love that stuff. So you'll sooner than later. I think so. Yeah, it, it, I I th- I think it's. You know, I've talked about it a bunch of times. Uh, I think the more um, the more people use mace or clubs or something like that, it'll help with other stuff. I think I think strongman really needs some Mesa club stuff in it just, just to, you know, even if it's not one of the competitions, just as training, you know, and uh, shoulder warm up, getting your chest and shoulders and whole thoracic cavity yeah. in position. Yeah. The reason I first started using them was actually, you know, I, I had this classic thing, you know, here rounded shoulders, rounded chest tight. Yeah. You know, I'm born. I used to get a bunch of tension headaches from all that stuff, pulling me in that like upper cross syndrome. So, you know, starting to swing those, I started with uh, Indian clubs, and then I worked my way up to maces, and that, you know, combined with inversion, I haven't had any problems with that since. So, like, I'm, you know, I'm a lifer. From all that heavy pressing and stuff where I was just living here, Yeah, I really turned it around. So I I still use that several that's, times a week, and I will never stop using it. That's exactly what uh, I liked about it. I was the same way, upper cross syndrome. You know, I'm a, I'm a kind of a taller guy, so I hunch forward a lot and everything. Cell phones don't help with that either. And, um, but yeah, just, just doing general lifting. Yeah. And after a while you start and everybody's like, oh, you know, your shoulders are rolling forward and I'm walking around trying to pull them back. And yeah, that, that only works a little bit, you know, you got to find something else. So I, I agree with you there. That's, that's what I liked about it too. Yeah. And you know, that's a, that's a really good active solution for it you know i'm i'm sure you're familiar with like the donnie thompson bow tie like that's really nice but uh you know you gotta you gotta do some work to strengthen those muscles that are going to keep you in the right positions instead of just you know crush that holds you back and i mean no hate because like that bow tie is badass and in fact that could be something in combination with like swinging maces that will like really improve that but you know you got you got to find something active that you can build upon and like improve a lot over time with and that's you know like I have a, I have a shoulder rock that I love, you know, I have a couple other maces that at my gym and like phenomenal, you know, it's, it's just such good stuff. Yeah. The shoulder rock has that knurling on it. It's if you're not used to that, man, woo. got nice, nice, tough pants. I don't think I've ever shaved down a callus, so we're good. 
Ah, uh, there you go. It's like, yeah, it's like sandblasting the calluses. That's there you go. Maybe I gotta get one of those. I see uh, other people are swinging my swung it uh, a couple times. I had twenty five pounds on it, and it was it, it, that weight was it was almost impossible with the knurling. I could go heavier with like an Adex or anything smooth, but um, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I think it's just another way of of training. That's it. You know, you got to be able to adapt to all these different things. Well, if you're, if you're good and well-rounded, you're going to be able to get the most out of anything. Yeah, definitely. So uh, in closing, big question for you here. Yeah, big answer, hopefully, to follow. You mentioned earlier uh, increasing protein up to 150 grams. So that means I can add a half a jar of peanut butter to my diet, right? Uh, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean that exactly, all right? Now – I will be a caveat to that, okay? Some people need to increase their calories total like a whole hell of a lot. So in some individual circumstances, potentially, but I'm going to say if you're hearing this, that that is most likely not you, okay? So just remember, you know, when we're trying to increase our protein with that, you know, be mindful of that source. Like, you know, a serving, two tablespoons of peanut butter is a serving. That is nothing that's going to have anywhere from 13 on the low end to 20 grams of fat in a serving. So two little tablespoons will be about 200 something calories. So that is uh, something we're looking to avoid if you want that, you know, nice sharp physique. But there's lots of better sources for that. Everybody tells me that, they're, you know, peanut butter is a good source of protein. So I, I'm just going with what they say. <laughs> uh, I guess, you know, I guess it depends on their definition of good, but uh, you know, generally, generally that is not the answer for most people. You know, I'm not, I'm not really a never say never type of person, but you know, if your goal eventually is to, you know, have a leaner build, you know, have a flat stomach, uh, you're going to want to avoid things like peanut butter. That's not to say like, nope, ruled out like entirely, but that shouldn't be the basis of your protein, you know, new supplements if you have to like protein shakes are awesome. Nothing wrong with that. You know, good, clean, lean source, of protein without all those extra fats and stuff. But again, individual dependent, but that is not, that, that's not my first recommendation. <laughs> all right. I just figured maybe, you know, we would hear something, you know, pro peanut butter uh, from a guy such as yourself. I guess, I guess it just, it will, we'll never hear it. Um, uh, anything uh, else? I mean, that's I like, I, I am pro peanut butter. It's just not my recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely, I make, I make a joke. It's just that, yeah, it kills me when people think it's, it's a good source of protein when it's clearly a very good source of fat, which is what it is. You don't like egg yolks or something like that. Add in peanut butter. So <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, man. That's, that's great stuff. Uh, everybody, uh, you know where to check out Steve. You can check out, the show notes, if you forgot his Instagram handle, it's written right below. And please, while you're there, hit the like button, hit, share it, uh, subscribe, you know, um, let people know about this, this podcast. And Steve, anytime you want to come back on the show and talk up training and stuff, I am eager to hear what you got to say. I'm sure everybody oh, else is too. We could do a whole episode about the history of stone lifting. That would be a good one. We could dig into that real deep someday. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm going to be doing um, history on Mace Gata. Nice. Um, love it. 
Yeah, and I think that goes hand in hand because it's it's probably stone lifting is probably actually even older than Mace Regatta. I bet you a hundred bucks easily it is because you know somebody but, had to craft a club. You know, you don't really have to craft a natural stone. You found out in the field, right? And now if we're cavemen and you know we're got to take care of business, I think they used to lift stones and throw them off of like a cliff on top of like. Nice. Uh, woolly mammoths or whatever the friggin' thing was, <laughs> you know, it's very dangerous what they used to do. Ah, uh, man, we could get we could get all into it. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, prepare something and let me know when you're ready, and come right back on, and we'll do it. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds awesome. Let's do it. All right, cool, man. It's, it was a pleasure, and uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this one. Like I said, subscribe, man. Come on, subscribe. Don't be uh. Don't be so stingy. I need support here. So uh, get after it, guys. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, brother. See you later.